0: Even on the PGA Tour, where it feels like there's a new phenom crowned every week, there's nobody quite like Colin Morikawa. He was the number one amateur in the world and a three-time first-team All-American at Cal. And that was before he seamlessly made the transition to the PGA Tour, where he's won three times in short order, including his very first major championship. And now, he's joining us on the show to tell us how he got here and where he's going. I'm Dylan DeCher. And this is The Drop Zone. Before we get to Colin, I'm joined by my Drop Zone co-host, Sean Zock, who was on site with me at this Adidas photo shoot where we got a chance to interview Colin Morikawa. And, Sean, I really just want to know, what did you want to hear from Colin going into this interview?
1: Uh, Well, he is one of the few people in golf who are... Both one, younger than me and two, incredible, (laughs) like world famous now. Like he's a major champion and he's made it look so damn easy. And I wanted to learn how and why he has made it look so damn easy. Like not like I understand when you're a phenomenal collegiate golfer, that the next step for you is to be a phenomenal professional golfer, but that doesn't always track. I mean, like Patrick Rogers, he won a ton of events at Stanford. He matched Tiger for, like, career wins at Stanford. He hasn't Mm -hmm. won on the PGA Tour. He's a very good pro golfer, but, like, that that early and, like, lasting success doesn't always translate. So, like, Colin, can you explain why it has Mm -hmm. worked for you? And honestly, like, just, like, what is – What's the secret sauce? What's the Colin Morikawa juice that makes sense for you and hasn't made sense for you? It's interesting
0: if guys can or cannot articulate that because I think for people that are so successful, it's really hard to really say why you're successful versus not successful. Maybe the people that aren't quite at that same level might have an easier time. I wanted to know that too. The origin story of a prodigy, Colin Morikawa. I also wanted to see if you would, you know, crack a little bit, if you would let us in to show there's somebody else b- behind, you know, this exterior because he's such a polished interview. He's like never says a word that he does not intend to say. So
1: that's true. I think he's just he just showed off he's he's a very smart dude, like graduating from the business school at KL, like I think it all kind of makes sense why he's a polished interview, why he approaches situations with uh, an appropriate mindset. The other thing is like I think another reason why he uh, has maybe a hard time showing off the details of why he's so good is because Mm -hmm. he's never been bad. Like he doesn't understand what a valley is like. And, you know, at one point Jordan Spieth never understood what it was like to be struggling in golf. And now (laughs) he's going through that valley and trying to come up from it. Um, So Morikawa hasn't dealt with that yet. And I think it comes for everyone eventually but it hasn't hit him yet, so I don't know if he realizes how good he truly He's is. He's
0: definitely got it good. I think he knows how good he is. I think he just doesn't necessarily know the alternative. Um, but anyway, yeah. let's get to Colin. We'll rejoin you a couple times throughout the interview, but mostly it'll be us chatting with Colin Morikawa. Here he is. Sean, we are very excited to welcome Colin Morikawa to the show. Colin, thanks for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me, you almost uh, said my last name like they said yeah. at the PGA Championship. Oof.
0: I tried to say your first name <laughs> and last name together there. Wait, what did they say at the PGA Championship? They
2: said uh, Colin Morikama oh my God. on the oh first tee. So we kinda, we had a good laugh in the first goal. I feel all like that 18. happens
1: so often. You have one job, get these pronunciations right, and it happens like awful all the time.
0: Dude, how do you think DeChaire goes on the first tee? Yeah. My last name is spelled very differently from how it's said and had a tough stretch back. So what was
2: was your reaction to that? I I had to like, I took a little laugh, (laughs) stepped off the tee, kind of gave it an extra (laughs) couple seconds and fired one down the middle. That's pretty fun. What's it been like
0: having these introductions in complete silence?
2: So different, like we miss the fans. I mean, you can see so many of our finishes since, you know, post quarantine and all that stuff for us. Um, They would have been so much more exciting with fans because that's they bring the the life of everything you know they they bring the excitement you can tell what's going on around the course but now we're just looking at leaderboards kind of figuring what things are like so uh we miss it i mean that's that's all part of just being a professional athlete. you got
1: the worst of the like you got teased by the fans right you had i don't know a full calendar year yeah. of being out on tour and having all the fans winning with the fans and now you're winning without the fans and so you're just like Stuck in a spot kinda waiting and being patient and know how
0: cool it was. I feel
1: like it's starting to wear off on guys though. Like, you know, right away everyone was at back at the colonial and like stoked to be back. And then it's like, okay, well we want the fans now. Like we want normalcy back. These guys are starting to lose patience.
0: It's the same thing with any of us, right? We were going to the office and everyone's like, Oh, this is so cool, you can work from home, like you can do whatever you want and then and then like a few months in you're like I'm kind of gaining weight, like I'm waking up in the morning, I'm not really doing anything. Like people are like, maybe I miss going to the office. Is this just a me problem? (laughs) Anyway, let's go back to the start. Tell us about how you got into golf. Tell us like, how did this all begin?
2: Yeah, um, pretty much when I was born, my parents started taking up the game. Um, And as any little kid would do, you know, you just kind of follow what they do. So started taking lessons when I was about five. Uh, I grew up in LA and that's pretty much when they stopped playing. Like, they never really got into it. My dad would always go to my lessons, follow me, so he knows everything about it. Um, But it was kind of just, like, let me do my own thing. Um, So obviously fell in love, pretty much quit baseball and basketball when I was 10, 11, because I knew this is what I wanted to do. Yeah, you
0: liked it. That's. I mean, that's not necessarily true of everyone.
2: No, and I liked hanging out with friends, and I liked going and playing other sports, but I knew this is, like, this is what I wanted to do. And watching people on TV is, like, Pretty inspiring as a little kid, yeah. and now I'm on TV playing with Tiger. You know, every few weeks here and there, and like, how cool is that?
0: You were born after Tiger's first like tour win, right? You were the first guy to ever play with Tiger that was born after oh, really? he won on tour. Yeah, I, is think, that right? was, I think that What was year just, were you uh, born?
2: Ninety-seven.
0: Man, yeah. usually drop zone guests are older than
2: us, and this is <laughs> not the case anymore. Oh, no, you're good. No,
0: but uh. With Tiger,
1: what was the first time you played with him at Tori? Torrey? Torrey, yeah.
2: Torrey earlier this
1: year. I mean, was Tiger an idol in the way that he was for a lot of people for you, or was it someone beyond, like, after him that was your idol? Really?
2: No, he's, was, he's, the, he's the guy. And I think it's like he's still the guy for kids that are growing up now, you know, that are just picking up the game. Um, I
1: feel bad for Phil a little bit. Cause Phil Mickelson and like Ernie, phenomenal, right? Like DJ, incredible golfers. But when any anyone, anyone your age is on tour, it, like it was Tiger.
2: Yeah, but see, I think like I'm at a point where I, I understand what Phil, what VJ, what Ernie, what those guys have done. Yeah. Kids now, like they don't know who they are. Yeah. Right? You know, they still know who Tiger is. They don't know who those guys are. I was still at a point where Tiger was competing against those guys. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you were starting to watch golf, that really was, like, his peak. If you look back at some—he wasn't even playing that much, Tiger, but he no. was, like, 06, 07. He would just win, like, every other yeah, week. Exactly. That's pretty amazing. Did you have a bunch of friends that played golf growing up, or was it you spending a lot of time by yourself?
2: It was me by myself. It's crazy, because all my friends either played soccer or basketball or baseball or whatever it was. And you know you think there's a lot of kids in California, but if you think about where you know you are in Los Angeles, there's just not that many courses you can go and play with a bunch of other players, um like a San Diego out here or Florida. Yeah. Um, so it was a lot of alone time on the course, played a lot on the course, and that's just kind of how I crafted my game. Like, so
0: you were a course guy. you yeah. were a player rather than like a range 100%. grinder,
2: hundred percent, and I still am like I I rarely just go beat balls on the range. Interesting.
0: Oh. I
1: think that would make you probably rare on the pg
0: tour. Yeah, like what's Roar, the split? What's the split like, do you think?
2: I don't know, I, I think it's a pretty good split. I I think it's closer to 50-50 than you think. Okay. Um, there's a bunch of guys that love to practice and there's a bunch of guys that love to play. Like, And everyone can do it, everyone can play well. I totally respect golf, both you know? sides.
1: Like when DJ will just bang balls in his you know the inside studio with Claude Harmon and he just doesn't really care to go and hit balls on the on the course
0: it's like i don't think bryson incredible. <laughs> i don't think bryson plays golf outside no. of pga tour weeks
2: I, I played with him at colonial like first yeah. event back and i asked him like obviously how is his like quarantine but he said he didn't want to go play outside he just wanted to yeah. work inside but that's that's he why different he throws on the different. twitch stream he like gets
0: <laughs> things going in the backyard with his net his organ and he just like tries to hit 210 ball speed it's
2: amazing that. it's pretty good
1: yeah. at this point now we're in a, an Adidas photo shoot. You are one of the Adidas players. You have risen to this point, I think. All, all due respect, I think you've done it quick. I think a lot of people have seen an ascendance from you. Like, did you expect all of this at any point in your life? And like, did it make sense early on that this was going to be your future?
2: Uh, I always thought it was going to be my future. You know, I, I didn't expect a certain time I would need to get something done or I need to win a tournament Um, but to finally be here to finally be with Adidas that you know they've helped me since I've been what is it since I've been like 14 you know so I've seen all their lines and now to finally wear their stuff and to see what's coming out like that's the coolest thing for me but um, to finally be where I'm at in that year and a half that I've turned pro like I thought it was possible. It was going to take a lot of good playoffs. Does it so. get annoying
1: when people like me are like, dude, what do you think of all this? <laughs> you've, you've done so many crazy things in 18 months. It, yeah. It's probably a classic question.
2: It's crazy because like they, you guys might expect me to be like, wow, like I can't believe where I'm yeah. at, right? Yeah. yeah. Like I'm living my dream. But to be honest, like this is where I always thought I was going to be. And I think there's so much more ahead of me that, you know, I'm not going to put a limit to what yeah. can happen or what I can do um, yeah. because if I do, then. You're going to get complacent. You're going to think that everything's all right. Um, And you're just not going to want to get better.
0: I thought I would be shortstop for the Red Sox. (laughs) And maybe I needed like a little more of that push somewhere along the way. (laughs) All right, Sean, let's step out of the interview for a second here. And I want to just ask you, what were your first impressions of Colin Morikawa in person? I mean, you've seen him in person before, but this was really our first chance to sit down with him. What does he feel like? What's his presence like?
1: He's so comfortable in his own skin, who he is, like mm-hmm. what he stands for. And that might not be obvious to everyone, um, but you don't always get a chance to sit down at a little round table in the corner of a patio with a PGA Tour player who's just won, you know, who's just changed his life yeah. in the last three months. He feels comfortable with everything that has come his way. Like he, he of anything, like kind of misses the fact that he misses college in, in some ways, like being around friends and like playing basketball and like doing kind of non pj Tour things. But I guess him, he just felt comfortable with every question yeah. we were going to ask him, with him being able to project his future, with him like knowing that it's like take it one step at a time. But also like I've done these incredible things like he just he felt like very much at peace with everything that's happened to him in the last 18 months. And it was like almost kind of reflecting, not necessarily poorly on us, but like weirdly on us because we were like, dude, are you going to freak out? Are you yeah. going to, are you going to realize everything that's happened for you? And he he's just kind of just like, yeah, man, I'm good. Like I kind of expected
0: that this hit me hard of like, yeah, no, there, there haven't really been any surprises. <laughs> yeah. This is, this was just the plan, you know, things are just going according to plan. So yeah, they're probably just gonna keep going like this. And it's like
1: whoa. We sounded like nerds. Like we we're kind of just like, and, Hey Colin, yeah. you're pretty incredible, man. Do you realize how incredible you are? And he's like,
0: Yeah. Yeah, I am, I am. and I expected to be. So, you know, the rest of you guys. I mean, but he's like he could not be nicer about it. He could not be, you know, more um Yeah. He's certainly the furthest thing from like braggadocious about it he just sort of states matter-of-factly like yeah i am really good at this and i know that i am and i will continue to be one of the greatest golfers in the world and with that let's send it back to colin when did you finally get like i'm thinking about this idea of growing up playing golf by yourself when did you finally get golf friends like high school college
2: like you have the ajga right which is like the junior tour for the entire country and you meet everyone there like the guys that are on the Corn Ferry Tour yeah. now that are my age, Wolf, Victor, all these guys that I've played with, I've known them for over six, seven, eight years now. Um, it's because yeah. I've seen them so many times. So that's where you grow most of your golf friends. I didn't grow most of my golf friends in high school or whatever because, like, I just had my group of friends that yeah. didn't really care what I was doing. They just <laughs> figured I'd go to the golf course and beat some balls. Yeah,
0: go win, like, a tournament <laughs> yeah. nationally and come back. Yeah. At what point did you become elite? Were you... Pretty much once you started getting serious, we were you already on that top level?
2: You know, I won the Western Junior when I was 20, that was 2013, so seven years ago. Yeah. Um, and that's when you know I started playing really well. That's when I got my name out there, got into team events for this AJGA stuff, uh, the Wyndham Cup. And that's when you know I knew, OK, we can start competing. Mm-hmm. Um, I won a big amateur event right before our, my freshman year in college at Transmiss And yeah. from there, just all kept going.
0: Did you miss out on a full college experience being a like stud athlete that's about to go pro, or did you still like when you were at school? Did you still kind of get to do a lot of normal things?
2: I think we still had a great time. Yeah. I mean, that's just the balance of like yeah. balancing out time and being efficient because it's all doable. You just gotta make sure you give yourself enough time to do those things. You know, it's, I don't think people realize like college golf. We travel more than any other sport. Yeah. You know, we're gone for five, six days and then we come back and we're gone again the next couple weeks. So it's gotta
1: be one of those unwritten lessons that are like de facto lessons that like when you get to the PGA Tour, people are like, oh, he's gonna, he's gonna mismanage his time. He's gonna be beating balls on Wednesday before a yeah. Thursday event. And it sounds like you actually learned a lot of that stuff at Cal.
2: Yeah, and I think you would think a lot of pros would know that, but still guys come out every year not realizing like, Not everyone just sits out there from sunrise to sunset trying to figure it out. Um, And that's just a learning process. Everyone goes through it.
0: You're a master of business, is that correct? yeah. You graduated from Haas. um, And did you, was that hard? Did you do a ton of schoolwork (laughs) in college? It was
2: tough, but it was very doable. Like I I had it pretty mapped out. Um, I didn't know I wanted to do that when I came into school, but it was definitely an option. And thankfully, I was admitted. I don't know how, but I got in. Um, and you know, we, we, had some decent grades. We, we, we didn't have to, we weren't scraping the, the pass line, but we weren't, you know, the A plus student every day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair so enough. you didn't get a 4.0. Yeah. Yeah. We, we did not get a 4.0. <laughs>
1: Nor did I. Uh, like two years ago, you're all American, all pac 12. How, how different In in what ways are you different as a golfer than you were two years ago?
2: Um, <clears throat> I, I think I just have more shots. I think through more shots and that's been huge help from my caddy, who, you know, before I turned pro, I had no clue how to interview a caddy. Oh, you weird. know, you, how does that you just, go? you don't know what to ask, right? Yeah. You just figure they all walk off your yardage, tell you, you know, what the wind's doing. Um, but there's such an important factor and like JJ, who's on my bag um, has been such a huge help. So he sees different shots. He helps me see different shots. And I think that's just improved. You know, everything's still growing. My short game obviously has gotten a little better, but still so much room for improvement. I think that
1: that is a huge misconception for the golf fans who sit on their couch and watch the PJ Tour is they see caddies walk off a yardage and just kind of deliver it and they think that that's it. But like you I think in order to be a winner on the PJ Tour, you and your caddy generally need to have this almost like kinesis thing between you two and you like you're totally vibing on you're expecting him to say something, and he's expecting you to say something, and then you kind of mesh up.: Sean system. made
0: his PGA Tour caddy debut this year, so yeah. he's kind no of an way, expert now.
1: Three uh, M Open. We have both with had two.
0: experience playing with Trainer. Martin Trainer, our oh, boy man. Martin Trainer. <laughs> hey, oh, another. Yeah, well, boy. not that you're a Bay Area kid, yeah. but no, you
2: know. yeah, Bay Area. We I saw him once in a while when we'd go to qualifying. Yeah, so.
0: yeah, we've <laughs> we've got a combined three starts with Martin Trainer, and we're still like looking for that breakthrough <laughs> moment. But no, he's a good. He's a friend of the show
1: how many more shots do you have that you didn't have two years ago um can you put a number on it does it
2: no i I wouldn't say there's a number and i I don't say i I wouldn't say i I didn't have those shots it's just i've gotten better at being able to perform those in tournaments you know like i'm not hitting a big 25 yard cut every single shot even if it's like water on the left pin on the left um sometimes if you're on it's going to work but sometimes when you're not that ball's in the water. <laughs> so, so to
0: that same idea, what's the biggest difference between you and someone you played against in the Pac-12 who's not on tour, but who is a really good college player? You know, like, how how yeah. thin is that
2: margin? It's super thin. Yeah. Um, and who makes it? <sighs> That's tough. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> start That's gambling tough. on who's yes. going to make it. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, but... So I had dinner with Justin Thomas, my first event out uh, in Canada last year. And he said, you know, if you're good enough, which a lot of these college players are, you're going to make it out there to the PGA Tour. It's just, you don't know your time. You know, it could be next week, it could be five years, it could be 10 years. Um, But if you know, and you really believe that you're good enough, you're going to get there. And I think that's what a lot of guys don't get is that they might see like me wolf and victor come out last summer and think man i got to do this exact same thing. yes i think there's pressure then, on college kids to do that exactly and then they think yeah. they fail in in a year but that's not the case you know right. and you know guys like i've grown up with davis riley wills out of the guys leading corn Ferry. Mm-hmm. like yes they didn't go down the path i took last year but those guys are killing it out there we'll just finish top five or whatever top ten yeah. Yeah. US Open. Like, they're all good players, and they're going to get here at some point. So,
0: All right, here's me and Sean again, stepping out from the interview for a second. Sean, I want to ask you, because we're about to ask Colin, what should his goals be? <laughs> He's a young cat. He's now a major champion. He's a multi-time PGA Tour winner. What should he be gunning for going ahead? Gosh, I
1: mean, I think a long sustained pga Mm -hmm. tour career where like the likes of adam scott and sergio because i mean colin morikawa comes up right now he's he's doing these Mm tiger-esque ball striking things and making every freaking cut and winning a major and so like he's exceeded so many um like six and seven to ten year expectations so now like i mean can you have can you have the type of career where you don't drop out of the top 50 in the world or you go a 10 year stretch without dropping out of the top 25, like Rory, I think has done. He is so good at hitting his irons, which is really, that's like the asset of the game that keeps you at the top level. If you can always hit it close, you will always be on the PGA tour and like bombing and gouging and like having a hot putter kind of tends to come and go. And how much, um, consistency you can have with those things the most important part of the game for consistency is just being mm-hmm. a phenomenal irons player so like can you match five-year 10-year sergio adam yeah. scott ball striking goals because those are the best ball strikers in my opinion sans yeah. tiger i mean all i think time.
0: you're pretty spot on with that i think the only tricky thing is like how do you set a short-term goal of you know being adam scott yeah. having a career like Sergio Garcia or something, it it just strikes me as tricky to experience the absolute peak of a sport so early in your career. I mean, it's one thing in the NFL or the NBA or something mm-hmm. to win a title when you're 23, 24 years old because you know you're you're only going to be in the league for so long. Colin Morikawa theoretically could keep playing on the PGA Tour for another like 20, 25 years. <laughs> It's crazy to think about, and the fact oh, that he's already gosh. won a major. I mean, you just get into this sort of territory where you you just start wanting to. You need to win every week, or else it's not you know exciting. It's yeah. it's just a crazy thing to think about, especially with the financial situation on tour these days. This guy's gonna be set. He's got to keep digging for motivation somewhere.
1: Yeah. Well, I think. That's where it's kind of nice to have strokes gained because it is so clearly uh, like delineated aspects of the game where you can improve or where you're already great. Like I don't think he's going to become a better ball striker. So try and keep your stats at that level or around that level or within one standard deviation of that level. Uh, Become a better driver. Like we the beginning of this year or the middle of you know the summer. He showed like a, I don't want to say yippy, but he showed like some some tricky putting issues, like very close putts, putts in the clutch, and then like we very much forgot about that when he hold putts at Harding Park and when he made what is an incredibly lucky putt at the workday to you mm-hmm. know continue the playoff with Justin Thomas. So like if he was if he was the equivalent of Tiger when Tiger was twenty one. I think we wouldn't have a whole yeah. lot to say, but he has he has some tiny little holes in his game that I'm sure he will spend a ton of time, you know, working on. It's just can you can you maintain everything you've done and then yeah. get better? It's, it's not. It's just
0: easy. interesting to think that you know now he maintaining is essentially good enough. Now you know he doesn't have to keep he doesn't have to keep he knows climbing that. to the top of the tour. He just sort of has to keep doing what he's doing. Enjoy his life, go to the golf course, practice a bunch, play like an absolute rock star and it'll be But pretty we good.
1: you know, the the thing is we've we've talked about this with other people before. Like it as much as it might be clear that like you have to maintain this level, it's not always mm-hmm. clear how you do it, and it's not always clear how you do it when you get married or when you have your first child or when something else enters your life or when you get injured and like look He's elite, but staying elite, using Jordan Spieth again, like there are valleys mm-hmm. that you have to go through, and uh, I will be I will be one hundred percent tuned in to the moment that he goes through a valley, and I would love for him to never have to do that, but it's just it, it's kind of a part of the PGA Tour life. I
0: mean, I think that that's a pretty good place to uh, send it to a last couple minutes of Colin Morikawa. I I was mm-hmm. down at the Pioneer,
1: at Piners for the USAM last year, so basically 12 13 months ago, and I this was right after Barracuda and uh, 3M. So you and Matt had both just won, and Victor is like obviously yeah. incredible. And I asked Austin Eckroat, who very very good player, mm-hmm. probably uh, maybe a couple years younger than you guys. Yeah. and I was like feel like you need to follow a script? And he's like, yeah, man, it's like so obvious because those guys are my roommates. Like he was rooming with Victor. Uh, it's like, yeah. my roommate isn't all on the PGA Tour. How do I keep the faith? How do I know that my time's coming but my, my time might be 36 months from now?
2: Yeah, like, and the, I, I think the best advice for them is like, don't put a timeline. Yeah. You know, if you start putting a timeline and then that's when you put about expectations. I don't put any expectations, you know, it's just goals. Like, can you check off these goals as quick as you can and then put on new ones.
1: Are you able to share what's the next goal for you, to, or two or three goals that you have in mind that like, okay, we've won the PGA Championship and, and the work day. Like, is it winning three times in a year? Is it another major? Like, do you have?
2: Yeah, of course, majors are always on, the, on those list of goals. Yeah. Um, try and win every win. Obviously, it's, it's a very hard. <laughs> I was gonna say impossible, but it's not, not, it's not impossible. impossible. It's not impossible. I, I would never say that, um, but it's very hard but you know short-term goals i think for me it's to stay in the present i did really well with that last summer coming out having no status um yeah. not worrying about all these points that are up and up in there there's so many you points. know it's like yeah one week you're here one next week you're not um gosh i i wonder yeah. do you think people get wrapped up in that because 100 oh yeah 100 you know it,
0: it's everything at Go some back point. to your hotel room got not a lot going on you gotta stay in the bubble update yeah. <laughs> your fedex
2: points and the pjtour.com there's, there's, yeah but you know for me it's just focus on what's next you know and we've got i've got a few events before the masters and i gotta get ready for that i i love the west coast swing you know being a west coast guy well you've got like a
1: fall west coast swing now yep. vegas vegas, vegas, uh, vegas
0: LA. i love it and home base for you is
2: is in vegas so we've got three home <laughs> events we got some home games i'm coming. ready
0: <laughs> all right i love it i think we got to wrap up with colin here but we appreciate the time. We're excited to see what's next. Uh, is there anything that surprises you about the PGA Tour? Clearly, this has all been on plan so far. Anything that's thrown you for a loop?
2: No. And it's crazy that nothing has. Like, there seriously hasn't, because I, I love it. Um, I think the coolest thing is that all the guys out here on the PGA Tour, like, we're just normal guys. Like, we're, we're really good at golf, but we love other things. Like, we're not just golf-focused. And I think finding out, learning about these guys, having fun with them off the course, um, has been the best thing because like that's your new group of buddies.
1: Yeah. My last question is: What was the coolest thing that's happened for you post PGA, post Harding Park? Did somebody uh, reach out to you? Did, did life change for you in a way that week that was really cool?
2: Uh, life got a lot busier. When Tiger When uh, Tiger When Tiger came up to me and called me a major champ, you know that was the coolest thing.
0: Well, if you ever need a fill-in caddy, we could use a maid cut on the PGA Tour. So thanks for coming on The Drop Zone. Thanks, guys. That's going to do it for this week's episode of The Drop Zone. Thanks so much to Colin, who we had a blast sitting down with. Uh, and thanks to Lee Finer, who expertly produced this week's episode. Thanks most of all to you, the listeners. If you liked this week's episode, think about leaving a rating or a review, because those things go a long way. We're going to be back next week, and we've got something really cool Plans. So give a listen. See you then.